Hey y'all, welcome back to a brand new podcast episode. Mm, okay, so this might be, I'm gonna have to say spoilers all over this because I don't know what I'm going to say, but I feel like I might be revealing some stuff. And if you haven't played the game yet, or you want to play the game and you don't want to be spoiled, then this is not a review for you. Um, but I do want to talk about MK1, the brand new Mortal Kombat game that just came out. I was lucky enough to play some of it, and let me tell you, well, not even some of it, play all of it pretty much. And um, I'm just here to tell you, that this game is probably, I'm gonna be honest, it's it's probably my favorite Mortal Kombat game, if not one of them. Um, it's it's kind of hard for me. I've never actually sat down and ranked all the Mortal Kombat games. Um, I I am a big fan of the original trilogy, specifically the third game. Um, actually, I love Mortal Kombat trilogy itself. Um, just because how many characters I really love were in that game. Um, I just I, I don't know. I, I loved like, I, I love that era of Mortal Kombat. There were so many cool uh, characters introduced, like Rain. I loved Air Mac. I mean, I, most of my Mortal Kombat memories as a child is Mortal Kombat trilogy. That, um, that like, I mean, I remember one and two and being afraid of one when it first came out. I was really, really small when it first came out. So, like, I always remembered, like, going over to my cousin's house and playing it. And I feel like he always played it, like, in the dark. It was always, like, dark. And so I was always, like, terrified of, like, that game. I always associated that and Resident Evil with, like, well, that's, I mean, every time I was over my cousin's house, it was always, like, the nighttime hours and then same thing with when he got resident evil but like everybody i knew that played resident evil always played it in the dark it was very rare that they played it in the light hours like my uncle like we'd all sit in like front of his tv and watch him play the game um because he wasn't much older than us and he would play it and it was always like dark he would always play it in the dark and i'd be like in the living room on the couch like just like totally scared and my cousin same thing he would always play in his room in the dark and i would be like so scared like oh my god like hurry up and finish this stupid game um because like we all wanted him to play it but we didn't want to like we didn't want to play it ourselves we were scared um so i remember those things but like mortal kombat was always like that for me and then mortal kombat trilogy came out and i had my n64 and i don't know i just i loved it i loved playing that game again i loved all the new ninjas i was like i grew up with power rangers so for me like seeing people in similar looking outfits with different colors was like a big deal and obviously not just for me because you think about like ninja turtles they all have the different like colored headbands and stuff and everyone's got their own personality and so you like who you like power rangers same thing so many you know uh like uh Voltron, all that kind of stuff. Growing up, there were always these people who, or people, like human, humanoid people who um, had like different palette swaps of each other. And so for me, Mortal Kombat trilogy was cool because you had like rain and you had smoke and you had um, Air Mac and you had Reptile and Scorpion and Sub-Zero and Cybot. You had all these different colored ninjas and I just thought that was so cool. Um, so I grew up loving that game. So I would say that was probably my favorite game for a very long time. Um, I don't have anything against like Armageddon, uh, Shaolin Monks, things like that. Like I don't have anything against those games. Um, they're just not my favorite. Armageddon might be one of them. Deception, Deadly Alliance were, were good games too. Um, Nine was okay. I did like 10. I liked MKX and I did like MK11. I, I have my issues with those games, but I like them. I think this game is probably the best one though. But I want to say... Um, if you are a fan 
of I'm, I'm probably gonna spoil this whole thing so I'm gonna no, I'm gonna try not to I'm just gonna try to just like just talk about what I liked about the game but if you are a fan of the Mortal Kombat ninjas I feel like this is the game for you I really do if you love Mortal Kombat trilogy like I do and you love the ninjas just because they're included in that you'll I think you will really enjoy this game um because I feel like there was a lot of redemption for a lot of characters in this game which really surprised me and I and I really loved it because the trailer for the game there were certain things that I saw coming and then there were certain things I was like oh I did not see that angle coming that is really cool and so with the ninjas um I love how like I said almost each and every one of them kind of have their thing now Hanzo spoiler alert here Hanzo is not in this game as in he's not the Sub-Zero or the Scorpion that you're seeing. That is not him. That is Kwai Liang, um, uh, Bihan's younger brother. So basically in this storyline, um, both um, Kwai Liang and Bihan are obviously brothers. Um, and Bihan is Sub-Zero and Kwai Liang is the Scorpion of this group. Um, so that's kind of what, what that is, which I honestly, I feel like it sets up a darker path in the future, kind of, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and so basically they're brothers and then um, Smoke is their adopted brother, I guess. Basically, um, he came to them when he was really, really young and their father, I think, helped take care of him. Um, so he's like a, like almost like a stepbrother to them, which I loved. I love that because that's kind of canon to their story of Kwai Liang and Smoke, I believe, being like besties. Or it's either Kwai Liang and Smoke that are besties or Bihan and Smoke that were besties. I, I think it's Kwai Liang, though. I'm pretty sure it was him that was besties with him. I could, again, I could be wrong. Maybe, no, maybe it is Bihan. I don't know. One of the two of them is like best friends with him. And I do know that like at one point, when I think it, it might be Bihan because when Bihan came back as Noob Saibot, I think it was in 10 or 11 that like his like um he, he had like another spirit with him, which was, I guess, smoke helping him out. So I think that's what that is. I, I can't remember. Um, anyway, so they're all three like brothers in this. So that's three of the ninjas right there kind of in one storyline. And they do intertwine very well, very nicely together. Um, I, I kind of liked Bihan and... Oh, I kind of like Sub-Zero and Scorpion, I should say, being brothers. Obviously, Bihan and Kwai were always brothers, but I kind of like this angle of it because you're seeing, like, kind of one being corrupted and the other one not, you know, trying to trying to save his brother. Um, and a lot happens towards the end, which I think I'll get to that later, but a lot happens towards the end that kind of set up something in the future that, again, could be seen as much darker. Um, so that's three of the ninjas. And then you have Ermac, who's in this game. He He's... DLC, I think. So he's not really much to the story, but he's in the story. He does have moments in the story. And what they did to Aramak in this game was really interesting towards the end. It threw me for a loop because I wasn't expecting it. So as you guys already may know, um, King Jared is a part of Aramak. He's a part of like the spirits, the collective souls in Aramak is one of them is King Jared. This game really addresses that. And to the point where like, Towards the later half of the game, um, like towards the, the final chapters, Jared actually takes over Aramak. He actually looks like Jared, but dead, obviously. But he looks like Jared. He takes over, like Jared takes over. And there's this really cool, like, family moment, a couple family moments between him, Zendel, Melina, and Katana. And that was really unexpected. I was like, this is so cool, but also unexpected. And like, it... <laughs> It goes even into, like, the end of the story. Like, even in some of the, the newer story arc, you know how at the end of the game, like, when you finish the game, 
and it kind of takes you into the future of this character to a degree, to a certain degree. Um, he's still there. He's still present. Aramac is still present as Jared. And Jared's just a part of the collective of souls of Aramac. He's not Aramac. So Aramac is still a thing, but because it's a collection of souls, anyone with like the ability to take over Aramac at that time can do it because he's just a collection of souls and he will take on that appearance. So that was kind of cool, but it seems like uh, Jared must be the strongest of all the, the entities inside of him because that's the appearance that he takes on towards the end of the game. So I thought it was funny though. So I remember when like all the ninjas were revealed for MK1, there was a lot of talk about everyone looks great. All the ninjas look so fine. And then there's Aramac. And it's like, I was saying earlier, I was like, dude, he's a collection of souls. What do you want him to look like? He's, he's like a dead body with a whole bunch of souls. I don't know what you want him to look like, but, um, he finally takes on the appearance of Jared, who is a decent looking guy, but he's still dead. So he still looks like grayish, but I was like, you know, just wait till the end of the game, guys, you're going to get like, if you think all the other guys are cute, you're probably going to think Aramac is pretty, pretty decent looking too towards the end of the game. So that was cool. Um, I always love seeing my buddy Rain. I love Rain. Rain is my favorite ninja since MK Trilogy. Like, I loved Reptile before Rain. It was Reptile and Sub-Zero for me. And then Rain came along, and I loved him. I loved his element, and I also loved, like, the color um, of, of Rain. Like, the purple, and then some, like, sometimes pink, depending on, like, you know, what your TV settings are adjusted to, I guess. Or if he's fighting himself, he'll come off. One will be, like, a purplish. One might come off as, like, magenta or, like, some sort of pink color. So I loved that. Um... But yeah, I, I loved Rain in this game. He doesn't have much to say and do, and he's always getting his butt kicked because, like, he's always serving somebody. But I did actually like his ending. His ending is really what got me. So basically him and um, Havoc, I think it is, um, like, Havoc kind of uses him, basically, to, to kind of bring chaos to this one area. And he ends up drowning out the area. Um, and because, you know, he's obviously on his own quest for power, but he ends up feeling very, like, manipulated. Because in the game, he's manipulated by Shang Tsung and I believe by Quan Chi as well. And so he just feels like he's just being used all over. Like, he he abandoned, you know, Adinia, um, even though, like, Zendel treated him like a son, which we don't really get to see that in the game. I wanted more of that part of it. I wanted to see Zendel really treat him like the son she never had. She does address that in the game, but I wanted to actually see it. So you get a sense that Melina, Katana, and Rain grew up together in Adinia. I would have loved to have seen that part of it. That would have been so cool. Um, but that just isn't how this cookie crumbled. Maybe next time, maybe next, like, reiteration of a timeline, though, they might do that. Um, but anyway, um, towards the end of the game, he ends up flooding out a city, and he ends up feeling really remorseful for it, and he ends up, like, turning himself into you know, the, his hires, and they're like, and he's like, you know, kill me if you have to, whatever, I deserve this punishment, and it sounds like they kind of go a little bit more lenient on him, because they're, they realize the guilt that he has to live with, so that was kind of cool to see him, like, somewhat redeemed towards the, it's the end of the story for him, but it was still kind of cool to see that part of it, and I'm glad that he got to play some part in the story mode, because obviously in MK11, he didn't really, and then MK10, he wasn't even really playable, I think he was a, another DLC character, and 10 but he had some cool moments in 10 I, I just didn't like seeing him kind of betray Melina I get that Mortal Kombat that's what Mortal Kombat is all about everyone betrays everyone at some point even the good guys sometimes betray, betray each other but um 
it was cool to see in this story, like how he starts off not the best. And then you can tell by what what could be the next game if they continue on with this timeline that he will hopefully be some sort of remorseful and be better. I want to see him be better. So I love that. And then obviously last but not least, we have to talk about. So we don't have Trimmer in this game as far as I know. I heard he might be DLC for later, but who knows? Um, and then obviously no Noob Saibot because we have Bihan. So I don't need to talk about that because that's who that is. Um, but I will get into Bihan again. I'm gonna, I'll go back to talking about him because I didn't say everything about him yet. Um, but with Reptile, what I really liked is that they gave him a human form. The reason why I like that is because I feel like ever since MK4, um, he's really just been super sidelined. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he has like the animal features, like himself and Baraka, the two characters that look more like creatures, really were, they, they've just been majorly sidelined and turned into bitches. Like they, they turn into somebody's bitch the whole, the whole time. I mean, Rain has two to a degree and there's been many games where Rain has been left out, but he is an Adinian prince. I believe he's also uh, brothers to Tavon and Davin and Tagon? Taven and Dagon. Is that what that's it? It's either Taven and Dagon. Yeah, I think that's their names. Um, but he's like related to them. So there's more to his story than and I mean he's always cocky and always gets his ass beat, but it's, I don't know, it's, to me it's different between him and then Baraka and uh Reptile. Reptile has just been like super simp for the longest time. And I think that had to, in my opinion, had to do with taking away his human features. I think sometimes the human features saved him a little bit um, instead of make made him look more like the, you know, creature or monster of the week, which is what they call, you know, like a, a monster of the week, a little, little, you know, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, so I feel like him having like a face really helped, um, him having like a human face really helped. And honestly, like he's got a ton of fuckboy fans a ton of fuckboy fans he does um uh in this game so i think that really helped reptile but also i like the story i like the fact that like he um he's led to believe that he's the only one that has like this sort of like um strange ability to be able to shape shift into a human um we find out later in the story that that is actually not true and that there's uh, something kind of going on within his people um i do love the way that he helps out the team he helps out uh baraka a lot in this game too and i like i don't know i just i loved seeing him helpful how stealthy he is he was just really cool and he reminded me of why i loved reptile when i was a kid because i thought reptile green is my favorite color and so i always thought it was cool when we had a green ninja in in, in Mortal Kombat he wasn't my favorite after like again MK Trilogy is what changed that for me he was originally my favorite out of the three um uh, like I love Sub, uh, I love uh, Sub-Zero but um Reptile was my favorite out of those three and then again when Trilogy came along it turned into Rain but I still loved Reptile um but the, the the older I got and the more games that Reptile was in the less I liked him because I just didn't like his abilities and I always just felt like they just always made him like an unappealing looking creature. And I, I even like his reptilian form in this game. I think he just looks better. Um, you know, in I think the, the way they stylized him in general in this game just looks better. And I'm excited to see what he's able to do in future games. I like that he's trying to like help his people at the same time. You know, he's, I don't know, he's got a lot of charisma and he's fun in this. I really like how fun he is. Um, and so I really did appreciate that part. So again, if you're a fan of the ninjas, I think this game is really for you. Um, I also love going back to Bihan and to Kwai Liang. I also love how like Bihan was like, he's slowly but surely being corrupted by power. He, he, you know, Liu Kang is there to try to, you know, 
build an army of earth of, of earth's finest and he's just very conflicted he wants to rule later on in the game we find out that like he's i mean he's kind of a jerk from almost like moment one but then we find out later on that like you know their father ended up passing away and he was part of the cause of that and he just thought his dad was weak and i think it was like and you even see it early in the game when he tells smoke that basically you're not our brother you don't have our blood so you're not one of us he i think he kind of resented his father for taking in strays there was like a whole bunch of like he's kind of a purist sort of personality um but then towards the end of the game he he sides with shao khan and um not shao khan i'm sorry uh shang Tsung, and kind of like pledges his allegiance to him and then towards the end of the game kwai liang basically ends up like meeting up with this girl and like basically naming uh his clan um after her after her her namesake and they end up like i guess getting married so there's almost like this this foreshadowing of wait a minute this happened in hanzo asashi's story where he was married and he had a kid and bihan came and like just killed them and like you know basically ruined his life um but it sounds like the story that storyline is going to be given to Kwai Liang which I think is genius and so sad at the same time because again we're their brothers and I kind of wanted more so to me sometimes I think NetherRealm and, and their writers and not even just them but other studios too jump the gun they do something that's kind of cool that actually sounds really great but they don't do any build-up this is what I mean like it goes, I think I, I was saying that with Rain. Like with Rain, it would have been cool to see Rain grow up with Melina and Katana and with with Zindel, with Sindel and uh, uh, Jared. Like it would be cool to have seen back se- backstory scenes. I guess you can always do that later in backstory cutscenes, but it would be really cool to see him grow up with them and then see him betray them and how that would make them, how it would make Zindel and everyone feel about him being a traitor. And then him coming back at the end of the game, realizing that he's just like, one, he's killed all these thousands of people because of Havoc, but then also like how he really did betray the family that took him in. I think that would have been cool to see. And the same thing goes with Hanzo and Bihan. It would have been cool to see them growing up a little bit and having Smoke be there with them and then their dad. And just seeing like that, over time that progression in Bihan just becoming more and more cynical and more and more of kind of like a purist and trying to you know like do everything for the sake of how he thinks the clan should be because he is the grandmaster that would have been kind of cool to see that descent and you see these two brothers at first being very very close and very loving towards each other and just you know just brotherly and then kind of it break off you know, little by little until we get to this point where now he's completely against his brother. Because it, say, you know, they do give Kwai Liang that, that Hanzo Asashi story where, you know, Bihan betrays him and kills his wife and child. And then eventually, I guess, him too. We would have had this whole story in this game to see, like, how they went from being blood brothers and having that bond to him killing his brother's wife and child. Like, that is so dark if that's the direction they go with this and it's sad because we don't really get to we didn't get to see all of that we got to see some of it obviously but we don't get to see you know there weren't any moments where i'm like you know oh my god that that bond is so broken it's so sad that they were so close because in the beginning you can tell that kwai liang was like he looked up to behan for sure but you I didn't really get the sense that, like, he... I get the, I got the sense that he loved his brother. I didn't really get the sense that his brother really loved him back. And that's what I would have loved to have seen, is, like, see Bihan be actually decent and then just, like, kind of descend into madness or descend into 
bitterness and hatefulness like later on I would have loved to have seen more of that you know I think that would have been really great storytelling because it would just kind of be like he's seriously gone too far now you know what I mean like once he's killed the wife and kid or you know endangered them he's seriously gone too far like and just be able to see Kwai Liang have that like struggle of like you were my brother you were my best friend I loved you and now you did this assuming that's what's going to happen in in a future game that would be I think really devastating and I think that would make fans push for Kwai Liang much harder and really just kind of solidify Bihan as like you are a piece of shit like we already thought you were a piece of shit but now we know that you are a piece of shit and there's no coming back from you being that piece of shit like period like it's not like Quan Chi went and killed your wife and kid this time or made him do it it's you are just a piece of shit that would be terrible um but anyway, towards the end of that story, um, for his ending, uh, for Carly Qua- Yang's ending, he and Smoke end up uh, traveling back home, meeting the girl. Um, he ends up marrying the girl. And in Smoke's ending, Smoke ends up getting attacked by this child. And it turns out that the child is like this, home- this homeless kid like he was. They take him in and they make him their first recruit. And that recruit's name is Hanzo Asashi. So it could be... I- there's so many... In this part, there's so many thoughts that I have. I'm like, does that mean that Kwailing is going to get killed by Bihan and then, you know, take uh, Hanzo take his place, or does that mean that Kwailing and Bihan are going to have a conflict? Um, say, you know, a Kwai- or Bihan kills his family, Kwailing then kills Bihan, takes up the mantle of Sub Zero, and then Hanzo takes over Scorpion, or or could Hanzo eventually become Sub-Zero? I, I, there's just so many questions there that I have um, for the future game. But either way, something <laughs> really sad is going to happen. Something very sad is obviously going to happen. Because now that you've introduced Hanzo Asashi, who is like that scorpion, he's the scorpion to the series. And you have a scorpion right now, which is Bihan, who later becomes Sub-Zero. Somebody in this equation is not going to make it. Obviously, Bihan is, is going to be... Well, I, I don't want to say obvious, because they could easily flip the script, where Bihan kills Kwai Liang, and then Kwai Liang becomes Noob Saibot. That could be it for the series. He could be the new Noob Saibot, because he's been murdered by his brother. And then he has a he, he has vengeance against his brother later on. Like he could come and murder like Bihan could come and uh, murder Kwai Liang's family, which obviously causes him to be enraged. And he already has the element of fire, and then ends up getting killed himself, and then turns into Noob Saibot. Which I don't know if that would give like Noob Saibot Hellfire powers. That would be kind of cool, if, but if they made them black instead of making them like the yellow, because that would obviously be what Hanzo has. You know, if he becomes Sub-Zero, he would have the the yellow Hellfire. Maybe make it some sort of black Hellfire. I don't know what you would do or like some kind of black matter. I don't know what you would do. But um, yeah, there's a lot of questions that I have in that in that particular family (laughs) um, for Mortal Kombat. But yeah, I mean, the game itself is just a really, really great game. Um, The graphics are beautiful. Again, I wish there was more that you could do in each realm because there's so much detail that goes into each realm and it's just insane. Um, I also want to say that excuse me a lot of the endings 
we're, I mean, they're all, they're all, like, starter endings, so it's not like, you know, it's not like there's not going to be another game after this, right, you know, like, I guess I'm comparing it to games, like, 11 and 10, where I feel like 11 and 10 did a lot of, like, ending things, um, these, I think, are more setup things, um, but there's a lot of the endings that, like, the main character that you're playing as, that you're fighting as, in their, their ending stories, don't really even focus on them. They kind of focus on side characters a lot, or they, they focus on a lot of more detail to side characters or other characters than themselves, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, I don't know. Um, I'm going to get into this part because this part was my favorite part pretty much of the game. And that is of Melina. I really love, 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 love what they did with Melina. I'm so tired of Melina being the bad guy. I'm so tired of Melina being nothing but Katana's clone. I'm so glad that this series makes her the eldest daughter and gives her like a a sickness, a disease that even Baraka has. I kind of love that, that like the whole game were spent caring and worrying about Melina. We're worried about her safety. We're worried about her sickness. We're worried about who's actually in this for her i love seeing katana actually have the sister that she really always wanted to have in this timeline i love that like lu and lu kang crafted it i think beautifully because i think he wanted katana to really have that sister like i when you think about how he crafted the timeline it's it kind of makes it very sweet actually um but anyway i do love like all the elements of melina trying to be a good successor to her mother trying to show her that she can do this and she can do that versus her just being like a creep like she was in the last like three mk games um i like how this game really tries to humanize melina because i think that's where her path was going at some point because of the way she looked and her tar cotton like blood i love that like you know the last series she was it was she was kind of becoming like a reptile and a baraka where it's like you're just seen as like this kind of animalistic thing and there's you're losing your human qualities which i hated and i love how she's got a lot of that in this game you know her and katana they're very close she's she's concerned that katana might want her crown but then i think she realizes that she doesn't want her crown and like i just i love all the inner internal conflict i also love how much tanya cares about her like everyone in Adinia pretty much cares about Molina and the family. Like even even um uh Lee May, she definitely cares more about Sindel, but she also does care about Molina. And I love that every time Molina fights, she kind of gets closer to some sort of edge and they have to keep trying to pull her back from it. And I, I love all of that for Molina. Um and like I said, she's my favorite of, of the, the what I call the ninja girls. She's my favorite of the ninja girls. It's her. I mean, I love Jade. Jade is obviously absent from this game, which is very sad. But I love Jade. I want it. And that, okay, that's another thing that I hate too about this game. is like you could have easily put Jade in the background. Because I would have loved to have seen, she's another one, that I would have loved to have seen grow up with them. Because Jade is Katana's best friend. And she's nowhere to be seen in this game. And I don't think you, you, you you didn't have to like include Tanya to get rid of Jade. You don't have to get rid of Jade to include Tanya. You don't have, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to, um, or I'm sorry, you, you don't have to, uh, you know, exclude Tanya to bring in Jade. You don't have to do any of that. You can really bring in all of the girls and have them do their little parts and that's it. I, I mean, I don't think that Tanya's role should have been diminished because I think she did great and I think she could have even been in a little bit more. But I'm saying there was still room to have Jade in there. 
and Lee May and everyone else, there was still room to have Jade at least there somewhere among the girls instead of just not having Jaden at all because she is Katana's best friend. And again, I would, I mean, is there a need for Jade now? Technically, no, because Katana, Katana has basically put, is basically playing the part of Jade, kind of, because she is like second to Melina. She is there for Melina. She's like a confidant for Melina. And, you know, Tanya is a confidant to Melina as well. But th- but still, I think you could have had Jade there who is a confidant to Kitana. You still could have had her in the game. There there would have been use for her, definitely. Um, but since Melina was more of the focus in this, I can kind of see why she was excluded to a degree. But again, you could have had one or two cutscenes with Jade talking to Kitana and just making sure that her friend had somebody, that she was checking up on her friend. You could have at least done that. Um, but I did love the relationship between Tanya and Lime and then Tanya and even kind of Katana because she tried to be there for Kitana and be like, hey, don't fight, don't do this. And Kitana was like, I'm gonna do what I want. Um, and then of course her relationship to Melina. I loved all of that. All that was great. I think they found a really great way to utilize Tanya and I want to see her back again in the future. And I have to say a lot of y'all who were being hella racist and hating on her because of some screenshots of her or one scene of her, girl, Tanya was beautiful in this game. I don't know if they went back and, and looked at the comments and fixed certain things. I can't imagine that's what they did. I don't think they did that, but she looked beautiful. I don't know what the hell y'all talking about. Y'all went off one scene that I think was just not the best editing um of her face and said oh she's ugly and it's like she's actually not though like there's even some screenshots from the the video game that have been posted online where it's like those pictures that you guys were looking at at first this does not do tanya justice at all and it doesn't tanya was really pretty in that game she really was i think a lot of them got like last minute upgrades because a lot of them looked much better than in the trailers a lot of them i think even lee may looked really really good in the game versus in the trailers and the guys too i mean like the guys some of the guys didn't look better in the game than they did in the trailer um but anyway i loved that part from alina's story i am going to spoil some more stuff so Towards the end of the game, Sindel does die. Um, I'm not gonna tell you who kills her, but she does She does die. And what's interesting is because Aramak is Jared at this point, he basically absorbs her soul. And so they both live together in Aramak, you know, cause they're all one being. That was really cool to me that now their parents are together. And in the end of the game, in, in Sindel's ending, she and Jared are actually fighting for control of Aramac, or they're, they're, they're trying to all, they're trying to make everyone in there, all the thousands of souls work as one collective, which I think is really awesome. And it kind of like, cause I know that was a, another major issue in the last timeline is how Sindel was treated that like, she never cared about Jared and she actually killed him and all that kind of stuff. There were a lot of fans that were not happy with that. I didn't really care personally, but a lot of people felt like this did a disservice to the character, which I get. If you are a fan of the character and you're seeing them kind of being like diminished or, you know, them uh, kind of going back on what you thought you knew of the character. I can see that being a huge issue. Um, Case in point with me and Melina. I don't like seeing Melina kind of dehumanized because she's got, you know, uh, Tarkatan blood or Tarkatan features. I don't like seeing that. So I like the fact that they decided to make her feel more human and more fleshed out in this game versus how she was in the last like three games. So I can, I can understand that. Um, and even Baraka, I really did like Baraka in this game too. I like the internal conflict that he has. I love that towards the end of his storyline and Melina's storyline, uh, we find out that he goes to Melina 
uh, through Reptile. And basically it's like, hey, you know, my people are sick, we're dying, we need your help. And Melina basically kind of like lets him know that I have the same affliction you have and we're going to work together. We're going to make this right. I loved that part of that game because, again, it's showing more humility to Melina, but also like it's showing how like Baraka feels about his, you know, his tar cotton blood. And I, I kind of love that, too. I kind of love they made like a sickness that you can't really help but have, but they still want to be seen as people and as equals. I really did like that part of that game a lot. So there were a lot of really cool factors in MK1 that I think just were done very well. Um, one hiccup that I have with this game, actually a few, um, I don't care for Johnny Cage in this game. I think Johnny Cage is great as a character sometimes, but it's always the same thing with Johnny. Like I feel like the last four games specifically mk9 to two all the way up to mk1 i feel like johnny cage there's been like a push to make johnny like the one of the you know the the, the new main character i feel like sometimes he does sideline Liu kang and i kind of hate that because I, I i enjoy Liu kang more than i enjoy johnny cage i think johnny cage is just like he's interesting as a side character but he kind of gets annoying like he's not as punny as i think you know as I think Netherrealm thinks he is because sometimes I'm like dude just shut up like I we know you're in the scene you don't have to say anything we know you're here we know you're here somewhere shut up like you don't have to have every other word and say every other line let other people talk like I love this I love the relationship between Kung Lao and um Raiden I love all of that that was great um but I feel like when Johnny comes onto the scene, that's pretty much who's going to be doing majority of the talking, who's going to get majority of the jokes. I know that he's the comedic relief, but he doesn't necessarily have to be the only comedic relief. I feel like his, his stuff is just always the same, like something a washed up superstar would say. And it's like, I don't, it's not that funny after a while, dude. Like, it's just not you're not that funny. Sometimes I was like, Johnny, shut up. I was so excited when his chapters were over and like they, they stopped focusing on like a particular group I just it's sad because I liked everyone that was in that group because that group was like um it was Kung Lao it was Raiden it was Scorpion no Kung Lao Raiden Sub-Zero um Johnny and then a few other characters were in there with Baraka a few other characters were in there with them for a couple of chapters but like every other line was Johnny talking and I'm like I don't want to hear your voice anymore I'm so done hearing your voice goodbye and so when we switched over to another group I was like thank god because you're working on my fucking nerves um again I think there's a there is a point to Johnny I'll never say there isn't but there's also a place for him and it's just like again I guess it's just because I've been hearing his voice so much so you know just throughout all the the last four games there's so much Johnny Cage content, especially in like MKX and MK11. And now in this game, there's just so much Johnny Cage, but I'm glad that it was just the first couple of chapters. And then after like chapter seven, I think we kind of stopped hearing from him for a while, which again was a very nice break. Cause with characters like that, you do, you want a break from them. You don't want them to be, you know, a huge part of the game. Cause at some point you do kind of get tired of their banter. Um, so it was kind of nice to just have like 
a long break from him before he came back. But even when he came back, there was still a lot of Johnny Cage. And it's like, yes, we know you're here. We understand that you're here. But come on now. I just I just don't think that he's as necessary as I think some people think that he is. I know that he's one of the fan favorites, but I still like when the focus is more on serious characters, less than the side comic relief. Which is funny because in my own life, I think I'm much more of a comedic relief type personality. But I, I do get I do understand how sometimes even I can be a little bit too much like, oh my god, shut up. Like I t- trust me, I get it. I get it. I am I to a degree, I feel like I am a Johnny Cage personality, as in, like, comedic relief kind of thing. Someone who can make jokes about themselves at their own ex- expense, sometimes take themselves way too seriously, are too cocky for the room. Believe me, I, I get it. I, I, tr- I truly get it. Um, and maybe that's why he's annoying, is because, like, it's so much my personality to a degree. Um, especially when I'm, like, in a team setting, it's very much, like, that's just me. Uh, I just, I, I don't know why. It's just it's who I am. Um... <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Johnny was pretty cool in this game. I, I didn't, like, I didn't hate him. I just, again, I feel like he's been overutilized the last couple of games. And I just, I never played Mortal Kombat for Johnny Cage. I, I just never did. I, he was never the character that I was like, yeah, I'm playing this for Johnny. Mm-mm. I like Johnny Cage. I think he's cool. I think he, again, he's the comedic relief character. I think there is a purpose for him. But he's never been my reason for playing a game he's never even been in my top like three reasons for playing a mortal kombat game it's it's never been him for me it's normally melina um any one of the ninjas pretty much especially uh rain reptile and and sub-zero um i also love uh i think kung lao i don't know if i said his name but kung lao um i love Jax. i love sonia i love sonia those are kind of my majority of my characters uh nightwolf i love nightwolf as well um of course i love um uh, Liu kang of course um jade i love jade um so those are majority of the characters katana too i like katana a lot i think i like her least of the the ninjas the ninja girls i mean tanya is growing on me now um but i do like her more than tanya i like her more than uh the other ninja girls it's it's mainly just for me, it's mainly Jade and Melina. Those are my favorite two. And then Katana is like a good third. Um, but anyway, like he's not one of my main reasons for playing the game series. And it, like even in the movies, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of Johnny Cage content in the movies. And it's just, it's the same old same. He doesn't really change too much. Which I guess it's good to be the same all the time. But like, I just, I don't know. I, I can, sometimes I can be without Johnny and be just fine. Um... Who else? Um, what else did I like or not like about the game? I'm gonna say Megan Fox. I, I, she was not like, and I get voice acting probably just isn't her thing, and that's fine. And I just, I feel like she was, she's playing the vampire in this. I forgot her name. Um, but um, I just didn't, I didn't think she should have been in this. I like, I the the character's fine. I, I didn't care for her portrayal of the char- the character. I felt like it was... <laughs> I guess, okay, I guess you can tell when someone is around voice actors who do this shit for a living. They do this shit all of the time. I think you can tell between someone who's mastered that craft and someone who's getting their feet wet in that craft. And so for that, I give her credit because I'm sure that's very hard to do. It's if you're like, again, you're surrounded by people who've done this shit several times. 
So they kind of know, and they don't, they don't just do it once. They do it for many, there's some of them that do it for many characters. There's some of the characters in this game that do it for like two or three of the characters, or maybe even five or six characters, like quite a few of them. So I get it, you're around actors who are really good at their voice acting craft, and you are kind of just getting your feet wet. You're not gonna sound, sometimes, you're not gonna sound as good as they do, but I also think that that's part of the problem too, is that if you're going to get you know, you're going to do a voice acting thing and have these actors come in here and they're and they're not as versed, you might want to put them with a not as versed cast because you can easily tell when someone is like trying on a role and when someone is like, no, I am that role. You know what I'm saying? You can definitely tell the difference in how they sound and how they deliver things. And I feel like Megan Fox, a lot of times when she was speaking, it just felt like she was reading off a paper and someone was saying, you could try it this way. You could try to sound like this versus like some of the other characters who it's like, no, you've done this three or four times. You know exactly who you want to be. Or even if they've done it one time or like, you know, this is their first time, but they're, they're, they're voice actors. They will find that sound for themselves. You know, you, you, you won't be able to notice. There's some people who've done voice acting long enough, even if it's a new role for them, and you would never know that it's a new role. You would think they've been doing this the whole time. Where I think people like Megan Fox, it's clear that she's not a voice actress, or at least not someone who does it quite often. And is just trying to find her character sound, which again, I think is fine, but I think that more time probably should have been given to her to really develop this. I don't know how, how long of time she had. I'm going to assume by the way that she sounded, it was not a lot of time. It might've been like a couple of months or something. I would have definitely had her picked, you know, a long time beforehand, just because she does sound like, she kind of sounds like an afterthought to me in this game. Like she was just someone they invited on for star power and said, oh cool, we got Megan Fox in this game. We have somebody of celebrity notoriety in this game. So let's go ahead and give her a part. That's kind of what this felt like. Like she might've been an MK fan or maybe her man's an MK fan. And somebody was like, do you want to come and do a game? That's kind of what this sounded like versus somebody who's had a lot of practice in it. Like, in my opinion. And I just think sometimes her character, like, I didn't want to hear her talk. She threw me off. And, like, would I feel the same if I didn't know it was Megan Fox? I don't know. I probably would. I, I think I would. Because I think it was that distinctive to be like, not that I would know it was her, but what would be distinctive is, like, this person, whoever's voicing this character, one, the voice doesn't match to me. It doesn't match the energy. But also, two, like the energy's kind of flat. Because I felt the same way about, like, I was uh, playing, uh, what is it, Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts, Birth by Sleep, and the actress that played Aqua, and even the actor that played Tara, there were times in both their performances, I'm like, I don't like this. I, like, everyone else is giving top-notch. Some of y'all just fall very flat on moments that shouldn't feel so flat. Years later, Kingdom Hearts, uh, you know, uh, back cover comes out, and um, the updated Birth by Sleep with Aqua. And to me, and that, she sounds so much better. She sounds so much more polished. She sounds like she's really going through something. In this game, I really liked her voice in that, and also in Kingdom Hearts 3. I think both of those two actors, the one that played Terra and the one that played Aqua, I think both did a great job in Kingdom Hearts 3 in like conveying their emotions. I felt like in Birth by Sleep, it just wasn't that way. Um, 
and they they could both be seasoned actors. I I don't know them like that, but I'm saying that I what I'm saying is I could tell the difference between them getting into these characters and everyone else getting into their characters. There was a different kind of sound from them, um, and I think that's just Megan Fox just sounds like she's just like trying this on. Um, again, I'm not coming for her. I just it just wasn't for me, um, and I can't remember what her character's name is now, which is weird because I I know that she's the the dragon she's the or the vampire she's the vampire um and i know there's like a reference to megan to jennifer's body in this in this game too which eh, i i don't know i just i don't know um that was really pretty much it for me for like the downside of this game i i thought it was really fun i love everyone's role that they play I, i'm gonna say one thing i it's a, it's a nitpick it's something stupid so towards the end like we kind of see that there are timelines that are like blending two timelines are blending and so it's it's our job to fix it and then we get a whole bunch of different like versions of like cons like different cons that arrive and so we get like i think like melina con or like katana con and you have to fight these characters um there is a point where a new villain who might be the next villain arises i'm not gonna say who it was um but we kind of go back to armageddon and everyone's fighting for a, for a cool second, and then everyone's like dead, right? One of the characters is like technically still alive, and it happens to be Jax, Jackson Briggs, and this new threat kills him. And it just it bothered me because I was like, why, like why Jax of all characters to be like left alive for the new bad guy to kill? Like, I mean, he doesn't. It, it's not like a, a really dramatic death. He kind of just like puts his weapon on top of his head and kills him. But it's like. Why did it have to be Jax? I feel like Jax got the shitty end of the stick in this game anyway. That why did it have to be Jax? Because one thing that pisses me off, and I've noticed it a lot too, um, about MK is a lot of times when people do like MK voiceover videos, they usually show footage of Jax fighting another character and getting his ass kicked. And I've never understood that. I'm like, why is it always Jax? Like, now it's not. Now it's like Devorah or a character that bleeds a color that isn't red. But for a long time, whenever I would watch a lot of MK videos, it was always, like, in the background playing is always someone fighting Jax. And I hated that shit. And it was always Jax getting bodied. I'm like, he's the only black guy in the game, guys. You really could have chosen anybody else. You could have put, like, a ninja in that place. You could have put anybody else. You always chose Jax. And now it's like Devorah because her blood is blue and uh, YouTube won't. I think YouTube doesn't take money or AdSense from you if you're showing blood that isn't red, which I'm like, it's still blood, but whatever. Um, but it could have been any creature. You always chose Jax. And so to see Jax get like, be the one to get killed in that moment, it kind of reminded me of like, it kind of felt like two things. Like one, like why does it have to be him? But also two, like it kind of made me feel like Netherrealm even acknowledges how much Jax is always used in those videos to, to to be shown getting bodied, that they bodied him in this particular scene. I just, I was like, out of all the combatants, like you only have like, I think there's like three or four black combatants in Mortal Kombat. Gears, who I, it's hard for me to count Gears as a black man because he's just like a keeper of time or a keeper. He's, you know, he's made up of different particles, but he's considered black in this game series. Obviously Jax. Um, I think there was like one other guy that was supposed to be like the new or like a sort of Liu Kang variant type thing. I don't know what he was supposed to be. Um, and then Tanya. I think, you know, I think there might, there might be one or two other characters that are considered black, but that's pretty much it oh and then Cyrax of course Cyrax too but he's 
most of the time he's a you know a freaking android um so I thought it was like the only real black guy in the series and he's the one that you out of all the characters the combatants you could have killed that's just like a meaningless kill you could have done anyone who of course has to be Jax so I didn't like that um that was my only real like negative thing to say um at that point at the end of the game but I do feel like Jax was giving something kind of cool because he is a cameo fighter in this so even though he's not in the game he still does exist in this timeline same thing with Sonya um for um Kenshi's ending for Kenshi's ending um, he actually uh, signs up with Jax to be part of the Special Forces. And so a lot of Kenshi's ending uh, dialogue is based off of him and Jax becoming like a Special Forces team. So I thought it was kind of cool. They kind of made like Jax like the Nick Fury of the Special Forces. And I think that was kind of dope. So that's one thing about Jax in this game that is kind of a plus um, is that they did at least give him that. There's also somebody that's with Havoc too that I like he's briefly in the game but i think he's also black i don't know who this character is i can't recall who this character is he might have been in another mk game like early on um but he's also in the game too so um but yeah i mean that's pretty much it i do like how a lot of the characters get their like their injuries for example with kenshi i believe it's melina that like she kind of gouges out his eyes she doesn't mean to but she kind of does um because she thinks that they're being deceptive towards her so that's what ends up ruining his eyesight um havoc ends up fighting i think it's i think it's kui liang i think they get into a fight and that's what ends up burning off havoc's like mouth area um and then kui liang and i think it's his brother uh um uh, Bihan, I think it's Bihan that gives him the scar that like scars up the side of his face. So a lot of the characters that have those like signature things, like those those wounds that get inflicted on them, happen in this game. Um, and I kind of like the way that they do happen in this game. It, it, they they happen by people that like you know either in Molina's case didn't really mean them harm, but kind of did mean them harm. Um, or like for Hanzo, you know, his brother, or not Hanzo, for Kwai Liang, it's his brother Bihan that gives him the scar. And then for, um, who was the other one? Who was the other one I mentioned? Oh, and then for Havoc, it's like, it's the burning of the mouth thing. Which again, I think, I believe that was done by Kwai Liang. So that was kind of like cool to see every, how everyone got those things. Um, I do want to talk about the other characters that are in the game too that were kind of cool to see. Like you see Mataro in this game, not too much, but you do see him in the game. Um, I really do like Sh uh, Shao Kahn in this, or General Shao in this. Um, I like the way he looks in this game. Oh, also Quan Chi is also inflicted with something in this game too. Um, like at first he's like like a normal natural color person, and then all of a sudden I don't I can't remember who does it to him if it's Bihan or or Kwai Liang that ends up like ruining him and disfiguring his color. I think I can't remember which one does it. Um, but there's a lot of callbacks to other games in this, like Armageddon, Deadly Alliance. So it, it really is, this MK game, I think, is really for everybody. But I think it's a really, it, it's for a lot of, I think, nostalgic, nostalgic fans. And I think it's nostalgic fans. And I think it's also for a lot of people that have just, like, grown up playing the games and like certain characters. Again, if you like the ninjas, I think this is for you. If you're a fan of the 3D era of Mortal Kombat, I think this is for you. If you're a fan of, like, even, like, older school Mortal Kombat, I still think this game is for you. I think it's for really everyone and I thought what we were gonna see was Liu Kang sort of like 
losing his grip and kind of becoming part of the bad guys and like Gears trying to stop him. I thought that's what we were going to see because there's a trailer that kind of implies that. And I don't believe that scene is actually in this game. I could be wrong, but I don't think the scene where he's confronting Liu Kang is in this game. And if it is in this game, then I think I might have misread that sequence entirely when I was watching the trailer. I could be wrong, but I feel like there was something left out of this trailer cuz I got the I got the the sense that Liu Kang was like going to be power hungry and surprisingly he's not in this game cuz that's what I was worried about. I was like, "Oh shit, Liu Kang's going to do something that's going to fuck up everything. He's going to technically be the bad guy this time and not Shao Kahn or not whomever, but that's not what happened." So I love that. But that's not what I was that's not what I felt like I was being fed by at least one of the trailers. Um, all in all though, I think this is a really great game. Again, I love how everyone was portrayed. I love that Melina kind of has a redemption arc towards the end of the game. She helps Baraka and she helps his people because she's also got the same issue. Um, I love that they gave her that instead of her just being this like bloodthirsty, you know, person. I love that they gave her that. I love that Rain kind of gets some redemption, that Reptile gets some kind of redemption. I love how you feel, how I ended up feeling for Kwai Liang, because I'm like, damn, like, he loves his brother, but, like, his brother's a bad guy now, and now that he might have a family the next one, it could get even worse for him, and Smoke is just kind of caught, and he's not caught in the middle. He's definitely team Kwai Liang, because Kwai Liang treated him like a brother, but at the same time, like, it just sucks for him too. Um, I wanted more Kung Lao and Raiden moments for sure. I mean, they're the ones that you start off the story with and I kind of wanted more from them. I feel like towards the end of the game, we get less and less Kung Lao and I wanted more from him. I know that he's not like Liu Kang's best friend, Kung Lao, and he's, I believe he's more of the great Kung Lao, but still, I wanted that. I think that would have been great. Um, Oh, by the way, there's even, like, the combat kids kind of make an appearance in this, too. Towards the end of the game, you kind of see all the combat kids, and for different reasons. You just you just have to play the game. Um, there is a few moments between Liu Kang and Katana that I love towards the end. Towards the end of the game, I was like, okay, because I, I was waiting for it the entire game. I'm like, y'all around each other, but y'all ain't really, like you know, putting the smooch mooch. I mean, they really couldn't because it's a different timeline. But like, I was very happy towards the end of the game when we kind of got to see Katana and Liu Kang sort of kick off, you know, where they were last time. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think this game was fun. Um, I think there was a lot of surprises in it. It was, there were some characters that it was just great to see. Even like Havoc and Reiko was cool to see in this game too. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of how Reiko looks. I feel like Reiko used to look really, really cute. Like, I like the animation for him made him look really handsome. And I think over the years, that's just died for whatever reason. But then Havoc was good looking in this game. I'm like, I've never thought of Havoc as a good looking, you know, character. But his face model was really good looking, even without the, like, the rest of the skin by the mouth. Which I was like, that's so interesting, because normally Havoc is like not it for me. Normally Reiko, I think Reiko is better looking, but in this game in particular, the the, the roles were kind of flipped. Reiko kind of looked a lot like um, Damian Wayne from uh, Injustice 2, I think it is. It might be that. I was like, why do you look like, like Damian Wayne, but like somehow brattier than Damian Wayne? This is a problem. That's kind of how uh, uh, Re- uh, Reiko looked in this game. Um, but also General Shao, he was cute. <laughs> he was cute. It was definitely cute. I would say General Shao is one of the best looking characters in this game. And I wasn't expecting that, but he really was. I mean, all of, I think most of the characters 
had really good character designs and they all looked very attractive in their own ways like you know they they got very good looking face models we'll say for these characters in this game very attractive looking face models for this game um but Shao, yeah i was like why does general Shao look look really handsome like what the hell like you know mk11 it was it was daddy kano i think mk1 is uh daddy general Shao. i think that's what people gonna be saying I think people are gonna be saying it. And I think and, and okay, no, and Daddy Garris too, because Garris was good was good looking. We ain't gonna lie. Garris was giving me a little bit El El Cluche on the track. Just a little bit. He really was. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. And I mean the ladies were beautiful. I, I really think they were all very beautiful in their own way. I also wanna talk about Ashra. I love Ashra. I think she was really cool too. And I like her story with Serena towards the end. Um that was cute. I really did like that. That she's like, I want to go back and help my sister. I love that. So, I mean, like I said, majority of the of the characters in this game were fun. Was it sad with no Sonya and Jax? Yes, it was sad. But their presence is still kind of felt in the game. And, like, I I didn't really want to play a game where Sonya sat out. And I, feel, I kind of feel like she shouldn't have been sitting out because she was in the original MK1. Like, she's one of the first character she's the first female character in the whole series and so to kind of like sideline her in this game i felt it was kind of whack but she's not completely out of it she is there somewhere um and yeah like i i didn't i didn't hate this game i think this game was really good i think it was one of the best if not the best mortal kombat game i really did like what they did with a lot of the characters and um i'm excited to see the future of this game series and honestly now i'm wondering will they bring back other characters like cobra will they bring back um God, there's so many other characters I can't even think of off the top of my head, but like Cobra is one of them. Um, will they bring out uh, bring back Bo Raicho? Um, oh, Madame Bo, the, the lady named Madame Bo in this game, she was fun. I wonder if she's connected to Bo Raicho in any kind of way. I was wondering that, but she's really fun. She was a fun character that they had in this game. Um, so yeah, like I mean, there were there were some fun ones, and there's like obviously with Trimmer. Um, a lot of the other characters too would be kind of fun to see come back in some kind of way and get redeemed like you know like because even cobra like cobra and i think i forgot what his name is but he's basically like another wannabe street fighter character like you have the ability to bring them back and to make them better than they were before so do it you know what i mean like just do it like shinjinko who was also mentioned in one of the stories the the later stories in this game too um but you have the ability to do it and just to get better writers on the team and get better ideas for these characters just execute them well you did a great job in this one with a lot of the characters that i think really could have used some redemption you gave them that and you, you did it perfectly melina baraka reptile sindel um ashra um lee may like a lot of these characters got a lot of really cool stuff i can't think of the vampire girl's name but even kind of her even though i didn't care for her her voice actress um there's a lot of things you you did in this game and you did it really really well uh with giving them some kind of more richness to them even behan to a degree um you did a lot of really cool things with that i hope that that continues in future games with other characters even aramac i i, I would kind of say you did that for um a little more for Havoc, a little bit, you know, and the next game could focus on that a little more for Havoc, a little bit more for Reiko, instead of them just, and Mataro, instead of them just kind of being there, give them more things to do. You, you did that with uh, Tanya to a degree in this game as well. Um, 
So there's a lot more that you could do with, with a lot of these characters in future installments. That would be really good because of what you, the foundation that you've laid for this, uh, with this game. So hopefully that's what happens in the future is that we get more good stuff. But I'm really excited for the future of Mortal Kombat now that this game is a thing. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see other people's opinions on it too. If they liked it like I do, or if they're kind of like, no, I would love to, I would love to hear someone's reasoning for why they don't like this game. I always like when I hear people's reasonings for why they don't like it, especially when the reason is more than just because I didn't like it. Well, okay, but why? Like what made you not like this game in particular? And what game would you think is better? Or what would you have done to make it better? I love hearing those kind of things when people have valid arguments than just because I, I don't like it. Well, that's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I would love to hear why if anyone doesn't like it, why they don't like it. I would love to hear that because I thought it was really good and I think it's it's fun. Um, anyway, guys, that is the end of this for me. I will see you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day, night, evening, afternoon, whenever you listen to this. Mortal Kombat 1 is in stores now. You can get it on Xbox, PlayStation, and or Xbox, PS5, and the Nintendo Switch. So have fun. See you later. Peace.